show called Game of Thrones on HBO um, from Bennyfold and Wise. Uh, it's going to be me tonight, uh, your wonderful uh, guy on this page, Dane Alves, you know, I'm the one that you either argue with or you argue with and then also like. Um, and of course, my co-host, uh, we couldn't do this without him, uh, the biggest Game of Thrones supporter that I know of besides um, John Lennon. Uh, <laughs> how are you doing? <laughs> What's up, man? Up. Yeah, dude, he 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 uh he's a big watcher from Beyond the Grave. <laughs> he's a big fan of the show. Uh, you know, uh, him and Nixon watch Across it together the universe. every su- uh, every Sunday. <laughs> him and Richard Nixon watch the show together uh, across the universe. Anyways, uh, sorry, I'm a little bit giddy because I've actually been able to recap a little bit of uh, some of these past episodes, so it's been a lot of fun building up to this uh, awesome. Labor Day uh, extravaganza, which I hope everyone's having a great um, Labor Day. And uh, remember, we're actually, this is going to be a majority, hopefully, to attract the audience to call in. So if you guys want to call in, ask questions while we go on, we're going to go over the first season and uh, just give a wrap-up of what we thought about this season, season seven, and then uh, go over some ideas or maybe like what we'd like to see in the last episode of Game of Thrones, besides it not sucking. Um, So if you want to call in, it is 929-477-3781, and just press 1, and that will direct you in, and I will cue you into talking with us in this whole entire concept. So, yeah, isn't that awesome? That's great. All right, let's start this journey off, uh, Nick. Um, so, well, first of all, let's just open it up the, the floor with, like, for a short season, this was a phenomenal fucking season. Um, like, yeah, I, I, I get the main complaint with a lot of people is going to be how fast they traveled. And I understand that they had to basically do whatever they had to do to get this in order, to be able to give us the amount of episodes and, and to try to wrap this up. And I think, honestly, when it's all said and done, I think they did a great job. Um, I was a huge fan of like a lot of the stuff that happened. And um, I think this is a good way to also go into how it's funny how – a lot of us fans, the biggest uh, complaint that we have is is the fact that you know, not enough people died. Basically, <laughs> like not, there wasn't enough uh, there wasn't enough high risks, uh, you know, at stake because we're used to that whole entire concept. But uh, you know, you being um, uh, you're you're a reader too, right, Nick? Uh, passively, I I know a lot yeah, of the but- information from the books. You know the lore basically and the breakdown and everything. Just, just how how was the season for you? 
Uh, it was good. Um, it definitely wasn't my favorite season. wasn't my least favorite season. That is, will probably always be season five. Um, even though uh, every game of third yeah. season is great. Like, I mean, it it it's um, it's just one of those shows that the quality is just so good. Um, I do think my my, my probably biggest uh, complaint about the season isn't the um, isn't the fact that um, the, a, a lot of main characters didn't die. Um, I mean, I can't tell you how relieved I was when when Tormund was pulled out from almost sure death by the Hound. I was like, oh, thank God, dude. Like, I want to see those big, beautiful babies that, that you know, tall as fucking mountains and shit. Um, but, um, but yeah, now just the pacing. Um, just, just, yeah, right? Just the pacing is, is my, my only, like, major, major complaint. Um, the pacing and uh, just, uh, well, I would say the pacing and, and the writing, they don't they don't have the books to, to base things off anymore. They just have, like, the bullet points. So it's, it's a, a lot harder, um, you know, for them to connect the dots um, in, in a uh, very uh, intricate, feasible way. Uh, and, and, you know, rightfully so. I mean, how long has George R. R. Martin been working on book six? And they don't have that luxury. They can't just sit around and play, um, you know, uh, well, we'll just, we'll just do this at our leisure. No, they have to have, have scripts done and start shooting and everything else. Like they don't have the luxury of being able to wait. So, you know, they're kind of under the gun. And I think, um, I think a lot of the criticism that I, can throw at them and I see other people throw at them that them being uh, D and D um, like you, you don't really know. Uh, it's, it's a lot easier to sit there and say, Oh, well th- this could have been, this could have been done better um, after the fact than it is, you know, when you're, when you're under the gun and trying to get something made and, and, you know, you have your deadlines and everything else. Um, but no, I agree with you. I think it was, it was a very, um, it was a very fun season to watch. Um, I, I mean, a lot of shit happened in, in, in a little bit of time. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it as I always do with Game of Thrones. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. And, uh, you know, I just love that they have mastered, um, the art of being able to not have so much exposition most of the time. Like they don't have to have a bunch of like, you know, extra episodes for, for no reason, you know, um, to, to stretch it out, uh, I think that they do a really good job, like a lot of good shows in the past have done, Breaking Bad being an example for one, who literally is doing the exact same thing ending-wise like this is, like splitting two mini-seasons, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. Although I think there was all season six for uh, Breaking Bad, but that's that's beside the point. But, you know, I just love that they're able to uh, do this. Do you think, though, with uh, the map jumping being a huge problem with a lot of uh, people, especially book readers, uh, do you think that if they had a couple more episodes like they normally did, like just say 10, it would have helped things out? Or do you think it was completely unnecessary and they were smart just to do what they did? Um, No, I mean, the thing is, the plot jumping started last season, really. Like, I think people kind of, it seems like people kind of forget that, like, Littlefinger and the Veil and all that stuff, jumping all over the map, and Barriss, you know, going from Dorne to, to at the end of the, at the finale of last season, he's riding on the ship with Daenerys, and, like, literally 15 minutes earlier in the show, he was in Dorne, like, and then, you know, that 
that threw up the whole um he's a he's a merman um uh kind of playing fun theory um I don't think anyone really yeah. it seriously but um but yeah I mean that started last season so I I had already kind of um uh, resigned myself to the fact that um this is this is not a linear story certain things are happening at certain other moments um that you know the way that we're being shown the story isn't necessarily the way that everything is going down. It's not necessarily chronological. So I I kind of um, I don't know like acquiesced to that uh, last season. Um, I I actually like the the exposition scenes um, and not just so much for the added exposition, but just I I love these characters so much. Uh, you know I that I can always have more. Um, you know, I could have easily loved to have three episodes, but I don't think it was absolutely necessary, um, you know, for for that reason, for, you know, the reason that people want to, I guess, kind of complain about. Um, the one thing that I will say, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to it a little, a little later, um, is I, I do have a, um, a way that uh, I think they could have done um, uh, episode six better uh, where Danny flies up to, uh, to rescue them. Um, but like I said, we'll get to that once we uh, once we get uh, there as far as the episodes go. All right, let's start off this whole entire party, shall we? We got the cake, episode one. We're finally fucking here, people. And what are we going to start off the show with? How about Arya killing a bunch of people? And so on a this, cold this open, episode, no less. <laughs> yeah, so so we get to the uh, the beginning, um, cold open. And you see Walter Frey talking to his army, and you're like, wait a minute, what? Like, Arya just killed him the, the season before. Uh, but I was trying to figure out this is a flashback, and then obviously I'm like, oh, yeah, duh. She's got, her, she's got his face, and she's basically, like, toying with everyone. And so basically she poisons the whole entire army. She takes down Frey's army after killing him brutally. Um, uh, just a great way to start off the whole entire series and just show you that Arya is... She's working on her list, right, Nick? Yeah, she is. She is working overtime on that fucking list. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, it's kind of weird. Business. Yeah, and it's kind of weird because, like, I I kind of had the same thought as you. Like, I was like, for just like a split second, I was like, is this a flashback? And then, you know, I started connecting the dots very quickly and was like, oh shit, that's Arya. Um, and of course, you know, you, you kind of saw the setup and the poison coming and everything else. And um, I mean, it, it's weird because you're literally like throwing your fists in the air for a, a, a girl murdering uh, 50 plus people. <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of weird when you yeah. think of it that way. But nevertheless, man, like, and and honestly, some of whom I'm sure were innocent. You know, um, but honestly, I mean, you know, that's. Um, that, that's what you get, and and I think it's interesting too because they, I don't know if you remember this, but um, th- this kind of alluded to with um, with the story that uh, Bran tells Mira and um, her brother um, back in I think mm-hmm. season three. Uh, he uh, basically tells them the story of of like the rat um, that uh, that you know. Uh, broke the sacred vow or whatever. I can't remember the exact story, but it was the same. It was the same outcome. Like you lose everything if you break that vow. So not only did you know Walder lose his own life, but he lost his whole house too. Um, so I mean, that's just that's the kind of up and coming uh, that that Game of Thrones delivers on. When you fuck up, man, 
they come, it comes back tenfold, and fuck them, they deserve it. <laughs> yeah, and I guess, like, I mean, really, with this whole season, you see that the villains, there's about, well, I mean, if you don't count the White Walkers, but I guess, yeah, so if you were to count the, uh, the Night King, there's just Cersei and Euron that you really despise because they've, they've gotten Walter Frey, they, they've gotten, um, whatchamacallit, uh, Joffrey, obviously, and they've gotten, uh, man, why can't, Ramsey. So it's like, you know, most of the ones that drove us, like, the like you sons of bitches, you! You know, they're finally getting their, their, their comings. Uh, but, I don't know, uh, this, this is a great episode, too, with, like, you know, the whole entire, like, bringing, showing you that Sansa and Jon don't necessarily uh, agree on things, uh, and, and there's some tension between there, but then you also flip after they're, you know, having their discussion on whether or not they should kill uh, the Cardstarks uh, boys, uh, you flip to Cersei, and Jamie and her are also not really at odds either, and, and Cersei asks if Jamie is afraid of her, and Jamie says, should I be? And, I mean, obviously that's for good reasoning. How did you like the uh, the breakdown between the siblings having problems and the one yeah, that no, I, Yeah, I mean, I thought it was great, and I think, um, I, you know, I understand, you know, where John's coming from, what he's seen, um, and and what he knows is coming. Um, but I kind of, you know, I I see where Sans is coming from too. Like I think, I mean, you you don't want to appear weak as a king, and for your first act to be one of mercy. Um, like I don't, I'm not saying he had to kill them, but it might have been smart to strip them of their titles. Um, as recompense for, you know, what their families did similar. I mean, you can see the juxtaposition of, of his decision versus Arya's decision. Not only does she kill Walter Frey, but she kills his whole fucking family. And John's yep. like kind of the, the direct opposite of that. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, I, I definitely find, find that interesting. And, and, you know, as much, as much shit as people get Sansa, man, like, I, I don't think she gets enough credit for, for, being able to play the game and um, and kind of picking up on things, as she says, she's a slow learner, but she does learn. And um, I don't know, I, I I tend to have sided with her on that on that particular decision. Um, and then and then I think that the Cersei and Jamie thing that was you know just so awesome was how um, when they're standing on the map, she's standing on the neck and he's standing on the fingers of Westeros, which, you know, is kind of, um, I think, a possible allusion to the Valencar um, prophecy. So that was, uh, that oh, was a cool question. Nick, I was hoping that you'd be able to answer for me. This might have been just me not thinking things through, but was she make, painting that map over the area where, where Tommen committed suicide and fell and hit it, and then she put the map over it, or does that have nothing to do with it? Because for some reason my, my brain went that way when I was re-watching it just a little while ago. I don't think so. I mean, I, I think okay, that, I could be completely I mean, wrong. I think that I think that's inside, and he obviously jumps from a tower and lands somewhere outside. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I'm not sure where he lands, but but yeah, no, I don't. I don't think so. All right, so uh, going into this, um, you know, it's just it's just sh- setting up the whole season. Um, I think the main big thing that happened in episode one, uh, well, the one one of the last two, if you will. Is you see the hound, he's traveling with I forgot what they're called, uh Brotherhood without banners. Yes, thank you. And um they ask him what he sees in the fire. He's he's like, you know, talking shit about the Lord of Light, and finally he looks in the uh the fire, and we all know the hound already has a fear of fires because he's burned by his brother. 
Um, and he sees a mountain that looks like an arrowhead and the dead army. Um, and that's like the first time that, you know, characters outside of Jon Snow and people associated with him are seeing the dead marching forward. And we'll, of course, get back to the mountain that looks like an arrowhead later on. But the last scene is Daenerys arriving at Dragonstone. She is home, Nick, and she's ready to start things. I felt like she was going to do, like, uh, I don't know if you watch House of Cards, but in Kevin, Kevin Spacey, once he finally gets presidency, he knocks on the table. Like, we're ready, you know? Uh, but that didn't happen. But how did you feel uh, with the ending? Um, uh, well, first of all, I love the Hound. He's probably my favorite character in the whole fucking series. Yeah. Um, and just getting to see, I, I wish I, if, if I could probably have one wish from this season, I wish we had gotten more from the hound and, and Beric and Thoros. And especially as, as we're going to talk, as we're going to talk about later, because we lost Thoros this year, it seems like it would have been a, a good idea to give him more screen time to make that death feel, um, a little more important, uh, when it does happen. Um, but they, they, I just feel like there was a lot that they could have done with those characters. But I do really love what they ended up doing. Um, I, I just wish we had gotten more. Um, but, I mean, I loved I loved just the Hound's banter between um, the Brotherhood Without Banners and, and specifically Beric and Thoros. Um, I mean, it was just great, you know, when he says, like, top-knot cunt or some shit like that to Beric because of his man bun. And uh, and he says, you know, it's just my luck that I get thrown in with a bunch of fucking fire worshippers. Like, <laughs> everything <laughs> the Hound says is fucking awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. And and uh, I, he I, he says cunt, like, four times this season, and that's that's just terrific. Every time he says it. It makes every time he says it, it makes me fucking laugh. Now, I, um, now that we're on the subject, I don't want to forget about it later on. But one of my favorite parts of season with the Hound is with him and uh, Tormund, and Tormund's like when he's like he's like he says he says cock, and he's like cock, and he's like like dick, and he's like cock. I like cock. You would like cock. <laughs> well, that that's the whole conversation between the two of them. It's, the, it's like the yeah, Hound is like, great. He's so clever the, and uh, smart and charming, even though he's like he's got the mouth of a sailor or a Viking, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, it's the other way around, by the way. But yeah, he says dick. He says dick. Oh yeah, I, like yeah. It. I bet you do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shit, fucking hilarious. Like, and to me, like, I get, I, I again, I get why people um, were were a little frustrated with that episode, but um, you know, because of how crazy the mission was and everything, we'll get to talk about that later. But I mean, I, I don't see how you can't just enjoy the parts of the episode that are just undeniably good like all the conversations between the hound and and everybody <laughs> at any point in time um but yeah i mean that was just terrific and i love the gravedigger reference that was so awesome um uh for for those of you who aren't book readers um he uh is is not confirmed but he's he's rumored to be um to be a character uh known in the books as the gravedigger um basically uh in the show they kind of you know when he comes back in the show he's you know basically working for um that town and specifically that one guy um and uh you know trying to help help you know these people and stuff like that and and in the book it's rumored that he's a grave digger for a similar like kind of small town um in in uh as sort of a recompense for the the wicked life that he's he has lived um, so the fact that he, he dug the grave um, for the family that he left um, to die back in season three 
um, it, it's just a really cool uh, way for them to do it. You know, like I just homage. I had a, yeah, really good homage to the to the books, and and I I thought that was great. Um, and then when Daenerys gets back, man, that's that's just it's really powerful. It's really emotional, um, and it's really cool that they were able to achieve that with no dialogue. I mean, if, if there's one thing you can give um, give this season like uh, the utmost credit for is the music and the way the music was used, and that was in just another perfect example of that. Just the swell of emotion that you got just from you know her returning without a word being spoken, and then you know. Of course, at the end, uh, you know, she says something to the effect of, let's begin. Shall we let's begin? begin. All right, well, so they do begin. Uh, episode comes uh, in with uh, Tyrion, uh, talks ruling without cruelty to Daenerys, which would be a something going forward, a, a discussion they have with her, like which, basically, which Targaryen should she inherit uh, personality-wise, uh, you know, her father or her grandfather, I believe, Um and Daenerys calls out Lord Varys um, pretty badly. I, like there was like a part of me that thought Lord Varys was about to die right now. Um, shortly after that, after Lord Varys gets her back on his good side, um, and I didn't really know if he was really being true because like Varys is actually very manipulative. Uh, Melisandre shows up, uh, com- convinces them to communicate with Jon Snow. Uh, uh, Danny, of course, wants him immediately to bend the knee, and Tyrion sends a raven asking Jon to come to Dragonstone to meet Daenerys. Um, so it was a really, really cool start. And for us fans of the show, it's like, oh, God, this is going to happen. Like, they're finally going to meet. And, uh, you know, it, obviously it does, Nick. How was this for a start of, of Queen Daenerys uh, firsthand at Dragonstone? Well, I just love how she she tells uh, – she basically says, you know, send the letter um, and tell him, like, that, you know, to, you know, feel free to come visit and bend the knee. And then when Tyrion sends the letter, he doesn't write in for for John to come yeah. in the knee. Like, good good bastard. move, Tyrion. Like, well, but no, it was just like good move. Like that would have been the end. Like it was a it was a a fucking uh, slim chance that he was going to come anyway. Um, but you know, of course, uh, you know they they needed the dragon glass, uh, which which Sam uh, you know informs him of later. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was, um, I thought it was good. I thought, uh, um, I, 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 I wasn't a huge fan of the Varys scene. Um, I, I feel like it's, it's unfortunate, but I feel like it's Varys, both Varys and Littlefinger were kind of relegated to not having that much to do anymore. I mean, Littlefinger had one cool little subplot. And Varys didn't really have anything. He's just kind of there. He's just kind of hanging around, which is kind of unfortunate because he's such a major player in in the earlier season. Um, and then you know Melisandre, like it's that's perfect. Like she, um, it seems like she would be the like the the perfect person to try to um, encourage these two to meet um, as a as a don't kind of you peer love everything. Nick? With Melisandre, she shows up and she's like, there's a prophecy, I've seen it. Uh, she doesn't mention the fact that there's been now two people beforehand with her, but then she like goes on. It might not exactly be a guy. It could be a woman, so it might be you. So I'm going to go with you, and you should, like, she is such a fucking, like, you know, just just, just a whore. A whore witch is all I have to say. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I get where you're coming from. But, I mean, Varys calls her out on it, you know. He's, he says, yeah. uh... Well, you know, like, well, 
like it, it hadn't gone so well for the people that have followed you, you know. Um, so, you know, uh, that's, that's, that's certainly, uh, there's a lot of truth to that for sure. Yep. I don't know. I just, uh, bull crap. Anyways. Um, so Cersei, we're, we're going to go to King's Landing. Cersei is shown a giant crossbow revealed by that creepy fucking dude. I forgot his name. I always do. Um, uh, that's meant to kill dragons. What's his name? Kyburn. Kyburn. There you go. That. He's just creepy, man. He's, he should be selling ice cream. He is really no, he fucking be, creepy. He should, he should not be selling ice cream. I don't know why I just said that. But anyways, Kyburn <laughs> shows Cersei a giant crossbow meant for dragons. Um, and, uh, yeah, we just basically know now she has some way uh, in order to kill the dragons. Um, and obviously foreshadowing for later on in the season. Um, yeah. Danny well, it's really cool. Meeting. It's really cool, too. Um, like... I will say, like, the way that they constantly, like, start dropping little things, like, the way that, that the pacing of that particular part of Cersei's um, uh, uh, basically way to, to even out the cards in, in, in her favor um, was great. You know, like, they did a, 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 did just little by little each little thing so that with each episode that you watch, you're slowly starting to see, like, oh, damn, okay, well the odds are getting better and better, you know, and, and this episode yep. was, was kind of, you know, uh, obviously we're, we're not there yet, but the finale of this episode was obviously uh, one of the big ways that she did that. And I'm sure you're like me too. Like uh, with this next episode or this next part, uh, it was, it was a, uh, a come together of all the strong women in the show outside of Cersei and Sansa, basically, um, you know, because you have, Grandma Mozzarella, and I will always call her that, by the way, and Daenerys <laughs> and uh, Alara, um, all discussing strategy, and basically they want Danny, you know, to to succumb to her 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 aggressive ways and just go into King's Landing full speed and fuck shit up. And Tyrion's the one that's telling her to back up on that concept, and she goes on with Tyrion's plan and stays with that concept. And then finally, uh, Grandma Mozzarella, uh, you know, wants to speak to her one on one. And she tells her to be a fucking dragon, to to just to like don't listen to Tyrion basically and be a dragon. I love that there's so much conflict with you know with, with Daenerys and what position she should start you know exploring. And I think Jon Snow and Tyrion bring basically the balance of her realizing she doesn't have to be a uh, you know a uh, evil ruler if you will, or or just just a powerful right. one that doesn't care about lives. Um, but uh, you know this this leads also, and we'll 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 leave scenes back to back. Uh, this leads not leaving uh, Dragonstone. Grey Worm talks to Miss Sunday, and uh, I for the note for this I put Grey Worm gets him some question mark. Like uh, <laughs> yeah, that that scene there. was that scene was five minutes long, and it was about three minutes too long. Like that was probably my least favorite scene in the in the episode. Like it was just I was it just was like. I just thought it was it was uh, it was they didn't have a lot of nudity this this season, so they were like, "How can we get some boobies in the show? We 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 can't have a season without boobies." <laughs> so they, that's what they came up with. <laughs> Miss Sunday, you have nice I boobies. Did. Would you mind doing it? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, I, I, you know what I love most about the meeting uh, with um, 
you know, with all of their respective uh, team Dannys, was the was the kind of quip between uh, you know Tyrion and Alaria, where you know basically um, you know Alaria's saying they need to go in and do that, and and you know Tyrion reminds her like you know no we don't you know we're not the kind of people that murder little girls, and she says well you know little yeah. red girls are coming, um, and and I thought that was great foreshadowing. Um, as to her fate uh, down the road, but just like we were saying earlier with um, with uh, with Arya, um, you know, killing all the phrase, like you're gonna get your recompense, and and she does, and it's it's perfect. It's pretty awesome. Um, so it, it cuts to Sam, and we've been seeing Sam at the Citadel, and he's he's been working there, and he's had a horrible time. He's trying to find an information. Even Game of Thrones uh, needs a montage. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, so he's been trying to find out more information about Dragonglass. Well, he finds it about Jonah, or uh, Jorah, I mean, that's that's their grayscale. Um, he talks to him, and he's trying to convince his superior to let him cure Jorah of his grayscale, uh, basically to remove it surgically. And, of course, Superior, who doesn't like any of Sam's ideas, even though he's very logical, um, you know, tells him, no, you can't do that. And he also finds out the location of Dragonglass being within Dragonstone itself underneath in a whole entire cave and sends that to John uh, to let him know. Um, so John is actually going to go to Dragonstone and leave Sansa in charge of Winterfell. So um, how did you like Sam uh, basically finding out about the dragon glass, sending the information to Jon Snow, and wanting to cure Jorah of his grayscale. And, and do you feel bad for Sam throughout this whole entire fucking season? Do I feel bad for Sam? Yeah, he loses his dad, his brother, his fucking job's Yeah, but bad, his dad was you know. a dick. His brother didn't seem that bad. His brother's all right. Um, but it, I guess He's it's a nice definitely... Guy. Yeah, um, and 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 very honorable. Like I mean, he he was uh, that was a very honorable uh, way to go out. Um, but no, I mean, I I, I guess a, a little bit. Like you kind of always feel bad for Sam a little bit, you know. Um, but you know, I mean, I think it was his his um, his ending. Uh, you know, uh, going back to Winterfell and all that was was uh, pretty fitting. Like, all right, I'm I'm done with this fucking place. Um, but yeah, as far as like. Um, you know, it, it, it did get a little frustrating where it was kind of like, like, Maesters, you're supposed to be, like, the smart people, and you're just being, like, so, like, uh, turned off by anything that sounds a little far-fetched, you know? And it's like, man, like, I, I guess I get it. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't fit with your... Uh, your ideas of logic, but nevertheless, like you got a dude standing there saying like, bro, I have seen this shit. Like why, like why? And, and, you know, even, even, even the, the maester that Sam's working under, you know, tells him like, no, nah, yeah, I believe you probably have seen it, but you know, like everything will be fine. It's always, everything's always going to be fine. Like, well, maybe this is the time where it's not fine. My fucker, like listen to what I'm telling you. But, uh, but yeah, like, of course, like I, I loved uh, the fact that you know he figured figured out the dragon dragon glass thing. That was that was great, and um, uh, of course, um, it's it's nice to see uh, to see Jorah again, and uh, you know to know that you know where his arc is going. That he's he's not finished yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and. Um... 
I'm, I'm starting to think, do you think that what they're trying to say is that um, global warming is actually winter's coming? Like it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, same thing, but like reverse, but you know what I'm saying? Like, never mind. That was a stupid political joke. Um, all right. Let's keep on going with this episode. Aria is in the woods. Uh, she, she gets cornered by a pack of, dog, of wolves and one of them ends up being the alpha male, which is Nymeria. Um, and she completely rejects her. Uh, it was actually really sad. Like she knew who she was after she smelt her and she just looked at her and just glanced away and took her pack away from Aria, left her in the woods saying, that wasn't her. That wasn't her over and over again. Uh, and we're left with the end of the episode even sadder. Uh, so you have the Greyjoy fleet, uh, Yara Greyjoy, I should say. Her fleet is going back home and it's attacked by Euron's forces. Um, and they basically take Yara, they take Valaria um, and her daughter, and everyone else is pretty much killed. Uh, once again, Theon has a chance to man up and uh, save his sister, Yara, and of course he just jumps in the water like a coward. Um, and that ends the episode. Uh, so do you have any notes for the, the ending of the episode, Nick? Well, two things. One, that Nymeria scene made me so sad. Like, I was like, it makes so sense. Um, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, for, for mainly for budgetary reasons. And I just hope that somehow, some way, that's not the last we see of Nymeria, that we will see her again Oh, they're going to go year. all out in, like, um, the last episode. All of a sudden, she's going to come in, and then so is uh, – John's dog and fucking where the hell were they? Oh, it doesn't matter. Don't worry. It's last episode, last battle. Well, they just, yeah just they they it. cut they cut the one scene of snow. Um, I don't remember which episode it was, but they cut the one scene of snow because, um, but just budgetary reasons. Um, apparently, and I, I I just heard this in passing. It doesn't seem to make sense, but apparently, like CGIing a uh, a dragon is easier than CGIing a uh, or is cheaper than CGIing a um, dire wolf. So I don't I don't know how that works, um, but that's that's the story. I um, I would assume it would have something to do with like trying to motion censor the original dog or like work off an original animal as opposed to just being able to probably. make up something yourself. You know? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um but yeah, that, that scene was really sad. But um I did like what she says, like, that's not you. Um obviously a reference to season one when uh Arya says to Ned when Ned says you know, one day you'll you'll meet a handsome lord, and you know you'll get married and have a bunch of children. And she says that, but that's not me. Like that's not who I am. That's not who yeah. I ever want to be, nor will be. Um, and so I think it's a it's it's it, it that one line makes it turns it from just sad to bittersweet because you know that she kind of recognizes that Nymeria has a new place. She has a new home. Um, she's this leader of this giant wolf pack, and you know she's she's not meant to go back to Winterfell and to be with Arya. And so you know there's there's some some recognition of that because of what Arya's been through. And I think that's 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 you know um, that's one of the better um, better uh, things that they they wrote this year. I think that that was splendid. Um, and then as far as the uh, the naval battle, um, it was pretty cool. I, I wish it had been a little longer, honestly. Um, but it was still pretty cool, and um, you know, I, as far as uh, as far as Theon, I think they did a good job of showing like kind of his PTSD, um, and you know, yeah. obviously he made the 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 coward's decision. But if he had made any other decision, he'd have been dead. There's no way he would have yep. beaten Euron in in hand to hand combat. So, not to mention, even if he did somehow miraculously do that, 
the Euron's men were all over the ship by that point. So, you know, the, the, he and Yarrow would have just been killed by his men, you know. So I think he made the right decision, honestly. I think I agree with you. Um, uh, yeah, 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 to an extent. Just it, it, it sucks seeing, seeing Theon have this type of story arc. And I don't think, even though it's going to end, um, I think he'll end being heroic. He's probably going to die from that, I'm assuming, in the story. Yeah. So we'll, t- we'll talk would, more about that later so. on. <laughs> it just still it sucks no matter what that your life is that, you know, uh, throughout the yeah. whole entire concept. But he did it to himself. He did. Um, yeah, Absolutely. Sound like a Radiohead lyric. Anyways, all right, so let's start <laughs> off episode three. Varys is threatened by Melisandre's vision of the future. So Varys tries to go and be like, bitch, get the fuck out of here. Like, we don't want you. <laughs> uh, actually, he's more like Lord Varys, like, all right, Melisandre, we just believe that you need to get out of here. I sound like a beetle. Anyways, um, and uh, – You had it You had uh, it at uh, the beginning, and it definitely slipped into beetle sounding very quickly. Yeah, it sounded, it sounded like George Harrison. Like, what the fuck? All right, <laughs> No, but Varys is basically telling her, like, I don't like you. Your kind is just like the other one. Like, you know, you guys cause trouble. Why don't you get the fuck out of here? And she's like, I'm already leaving. And just to let you know, you're going to die just like I am here. Um, or or something to that extent, basically, he's going to die there. Like, yeah. oh, okay. So we know Varys is going to die probably not in a happy way at some point next season. So at least we're getting over that in our heads of one of our favorite characters dying. I guess that's the reason why they did that. I don't really know. Still a pretty good interaction. Uh, John finally gets there. Uh, he gets to see the dragons for the first time. They kind of freak him out. Um, and immediately within this meeting, um, you know, without him knowing, obviously, like we already talked about with, with Tyrion writing the letter, he does not know that Danny just primarily wants him to bend the knee to her. Uh, John's not about that. He's not trying to do that. He's not trying to piss off the men of the North that, that look to him. He wants to mine Dragonglass, which primarily happens to be underneath Dragon, or the, the castle at Dragonstone. Um, and so that you have that, that problem between the two of them of like, well, if you do this for me, well, they haven't gotten to that part. It's basically like they both have direct opposite things they want done and they're getting each other's ways. Uh, how did you like this first interaction between Daenerys and Jon Snow? Did he not know nothing? Because he didn't really have a lot of lists. <laughs> well, know, he, uh, he, I mean, he, he had a lot of comebacks to the things she was saying. I mean, um, like, I mean, you know, I particularly like the part where, you know, he said, you know, she said, well, you can hardly hold me accountable for, you know, the the um, transgressions of my father. And he said, yeah, you know, you're right. And that kind of mirrors, you know, the him pardoning the Umber and, and Karstark kids. Um, but, you know, I mean, he was quick to say, yeah, but I'm hardly, you know, held accountable to, like, some oath made 300 years ago either, you know. So um, so we're, you know, we're kind of at an impasse here. Um, I, I thought the scene was pretty well done. I thought I thought Daenerys was a little, uh, a little too aggressive at first. Um, but she, like, you know... Um, she kind of calms down a little bit, and I thought uh, uh, Tyrion's uh, moderating was was reasonably good to a certain extent. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just great to finally get to see these two characters interact. I mean, that's that's really what we've been waiting for all this time, and you know, it, it was uh, it was uh, definitely an interesting uh, first meeting for sure. No, and I I, th- I honestly think that some of that stuff that 
was Amelia Clark's actually best acting when she was coming down the stairs and just biting into him and like letting him know what she's been through, you know, and, and going through the whole entire concept and like, you know, had technically assassins trying to go after her as a baby. And like, you know, she's been through a lot basically and she deserves some respect, but she was acting a little bit ridiculous, but that is Danny. So what do you expect? So anyways, another ridiculous female involved in the show, Cersei. <laughs> oh man. She is thankful that uh, Euron has come back. Euron says some really nice comments to Jamie about his sister to him. That's a little personal conversation. And uh, it cuts to uh, Cersei in the dungeon uh, with um, with the mountain next to her and talking to Alara about her daughter. And basically her crazy ass uh, has come up with this scheme where she gave her daughter poison and she wants uh, Alara to watch her daughter slowly die, uh, you know, get force-fed basically and watch her just turn into a skeleton, and then then she can die afterwards uh, slowly by herself. Pretty fucking fucked up. Uh, and she also convinces the Iron Bank to back her uh, because the Lannister always pays their debts. How did you like the little torture scene? I thought that was pretty fucking evil from Cersei. But also, in a way, it was it was it was um, like when when she talked about her daughter and she had that emotional part. I thought it was vindicating too. It's very strange. Yeah. Well, and and. It, it, I thought it was perfect, man, like, because I figured there would be some kind of torture, um, like her daughter would be tortured in front of her. I, I definitely called that part of it. Um, but uh, I, I didn't quite expect her to to, um, to do it the way she did, and it was perfect. Like, that's what you get. Like, you you, you killed an innocent girl, and um, regardless of, of, you know, the, the, the you know, ties – uh, of the situation, like your your uh, your greed and your uh, your anger um, towards the Lannisters uh, caused you to to kill an innocent girl, and in turn, your innocent daughter loses her life because of it. And like that's that's just just makes sense. Um, and the way that she did it was perfect. And yeah, I agree. I mean, Lena Headey, I think is is probably the best actor on this show i mean she's just so good yeah and like Phenomenal. that was a, a that was a terrific scene where she you know she says why did you do that and you can hear it in her voice and and you know she's she's kind of quick to collect herself there and say well i guess you know it really doesn't matter because we are where we are and you know um you know you're fucked basically um so yeah i thought it was great i thought Alaria got exactly what what she deserved i feel bad for her daughter but hey like you know that's just the way the fucking cornbread crumbles um and then as far as her convincing the iron bank like that's that's um that was that was that was another uh great setup uh piece um for what was to come uh and i thought uh, the scene in and of itself wasn't necessarily, you know, the best, uh, the best scene or anything, but it was great in setting up what was to come uh, in in the, uh, you know, at the end of the episode. Absolutely, it definitely showed us what was what we're going to be in store for, if you will. All right, so uh, Tyrion, or no, no, yeah, the next scene basically involves Tyrion, and he's convincing Danny to let John just mine for Dragonglass. He basically says, if it's nothing to us, who cares? And maybe we can build, you know, an alliance between him. And then later on, maybe he'll bend the knee. But, like, for right now, we should work together, and maybe we can use his forces for later on, which was very smart of Tyrion. And I think that he was starting to gain Danny's 
a lot more of her trust as far as, as leading until he fucks up at the end, obviously. And um, basically, we go back to Winterfell. Littlefinger convinces Sansa. Great speech, by the way, from Littlefinger. Uh, probably one of the best actors up there with uh, Lena Headey is, uh, I forgot what the actor's name is that plays Littlefinger, but he's incredible. Uh, he basically convinces uh, Sansa, everyone is your enemy and everyone is your friend. You know, every, basically, like, just play into it. Play the Game of Thrones. Just keep on going into it. If you go into every interaction just pretending, you'll be able to get further because you'll find the information and nothing's going to hurt you. And it was just brilliant. And then, obviously, uh, Braun shows up and kind of Brand. freaks out Sansa by bringing up uh, – Bran, that's right, so many fucking – Brand shows up and uh Brand, Bron, Brienne, like come on, George. <laughs> God, you don't you know more creative with your names, you bastard. <laughs> yeah, it just it, it it makes me sorry. But anyways, he shows up finally and uh you know, has a really weird scene with his sister where he describes how beautiful she looked on his on her wedding night, uh proving that he's not all there anymore. He's a, uh, you know, basically rain man at this point. But um how did how did you like these uh three particular scenes? Uh, I, I, I mean, I think the, the Tyrion scene was good. I mean, it was, it was, um, you know, it was, it was just smart advice. Um, it was, it was good counsel on his part, um, uh, to, to, um, to kind of bend Danny, uh, into the direction that he thought, you know, made the most sense. Um, and, you know, he knows John, he, he met John back in season one. And, you know, I think he's, he, he did a really good job in this scene and throughout the, um, episode uh, or, or the the season rather of um, you know forging that relationship. Um, now the 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 irony might be that it it doesn't turn out to be what he wants it to be, um, but uh, but he does do a good job of getting them to you know where they need to be. Um, and the little finger scene was good. I mean it was it was a, it was definitely a, an interesting. Um, an interesting scene and uh you know he um you can tell that she, you know the wheels are turning in her head like she's she's kind of you can see i don't think they they did it quite well enough but they did it at least competently where you can see um the the, the table starting to turn in, in Sansa's favor um uh, and then that the scene with Bran was just terrible like it wasn't a, I'm sorry it wasn't a terrible scene but it was like just cringe worthy to like watch hasn't she been not through enough that yeah that that needs to be brought up but I do think you make a good point that like they show his his true uh Dr. Bran Hatton like coming out to where he's kind of lost touch with any sort of uh like human emotion you know um and you know they they certainly you know follow that up with his his um uh his scene with Mira um later that episode yep absolutely uh, after that uh Jorah finally gets cured of grayscale which is awesome for Jorah from Sam uh Sam shows his superior and shows basically how you know advanced he is on knowledge and tries to position the whole entire thing once again his superior shoots him down and makes him clean up a bunch of shit for being able to cure grayscale um, this is the point where I think Sam starts going. You know what? Fuck this shit. I'm gonna get out of here soon. This is this is dumb. I um, I just love. I just like, love. I will, his, I'm not gonna like, be able to. I'm not gonna be able to be uh, high uh, maester if there's not a world to be able to do it with. If I if these idiots fucking keep on going. So Sam's yeah. getting pissed off. What were you gonna say? Yeah. 
I was just going to say, I just love how he's like, how were you able to do that? And he's like, well, I read the book and did what it said. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the fuck are all those other maesters doing? Like, and I get that they, you know, they're like, well, still, it's a really, uh, it's a really, like, risky, arduous, risky, arduous, like, thing. And, like, um, you know, like, uh, I, I don't think they quite set up well enough why they, like, why that practice is forbidden. Um I, like I, I I get the the uh, main points of it. They don't you know they don't want Sam to get infected and then infect more people and everything else. But if that's the case, like why would you even allow somebody with it in in like even if they are kept in a cell, there's still a chance that you can get it somehow. Like you know I mean like just think about the the, the you know a, a episode earlier where he reaches his hand out. Like what if he had just touched? Sam then, like, wouldn't Sam have gotten it? So the logic there doesn't quite add up, but, yeah, we'll give them a pass for it. Yeah, you know, they're doing what they can. They're ignoring global warming is what they're doing, those idiots. <laughs> uh, hey, you know, yeah. the, join, join the club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so Dion, basically Daenerys sends, this is, this is Tyrion's um, position, you know, for warfare to take over Castle Rock, uh, send the Unsullied, unbeknownst to them, underneath, uh, without any of them knowing, kind of doing, not a Trojan horse, but basically, like, going up in there without their knowledge, just taking over the whole entire thing. And that plays out great for them. Uh, but Tyrion's plans are not necessarily double-crossed, but they're, they're um, taken out when all of Euron's forces take out all the naval ships for the Unsullied, and they're basically fucked on Castle Rock. They have no idea how they're going to basically get out um, and Tyrion proves that, you know, when it comes to strategy, maybe warfare is not best towards him. Maybe that's why she needs someone like Jorah in the past who actually had, you know, not, not saying anything against Tyrion, but obviously that wasn't the smartest move. We have the end of the episode with um, Jamie going down and taking out Tyrell's army, which probably was extremely easy to do, and finding Grandma Tyrell, um, just telling her that they were going to do something within Mercy and give her poison, and she understands and goes off like her, uh, her character, by saying, after taking the poison, oh, by the way, I'm the one who fucking killed Joffrey. You know, I didn't, I felt bad that he was scratching at his throat and turning a certain color and stuff like that, but he was a little bastard and he deserved it, so I want, I want uh, Cersei to know that I'm actually the one who killed him. And that's it. She doesn't, we, she doesn't die on camera. We don't see any struggle. She goes off camera like a fucking badass. And honestly, it's one of my favorite deaths because it was the character being the character and not she, – she didn't look bad at all in it. How'd you feel? Yeah. No, dude, I loved it. I loved the whole composition of that scene. Um, it was very cool because, like – with the with the first four episodes, they just got better and better and better and better. Um, and this ending was great. I, I loved the fact that you know it had it had Tyrion's narration while the Unsullied were were going into Casterly Rock, um, and then you know you had uh, this this kind of um, unique uh, set of circumstances where you know they obviously go in there to try and and uh, you know. Uh, defeat their army um but their army's not there and then you have you know the plan of of Euron coming up behind them and that was I mean that was just a great shot and then to cut over to 
um, to the Tyrells, and I thought that was also very well shot. I mean, obviously, they, they didn't have a great budget. It kind of reminded me of back in, I want to say, season two, when Rob Stark's uh, forces defeated the Lannister forces on the battlefield um, because Rob Stark was just a, a vastly underestimated uh, strategist when it came to warfare. Um, that you know, but the way that it was shot was more of the aftermath um, of everything, and that's just a great way for them to get around, you know, budgetary things. And the way that they did this particular one with the narration um, and how things uh, it was being narrated a certain way with a certain expectation, but then the expectation almost didn't quite guy Ritchie esque. Kind of, you know, what it made me think of it made me think of um, uh, uh, Five Hundred Days of Summer where he, yeah. he's got the two different screens and he's got the, the reality and the, and like what he's hoping is going to happen. Um, because, you know, obviously it's showing you the reality, but the, the, what's, what, what's hoped to have happened is what Tyrion is saying. And it was a perfect way for them to do it. Like, cause you don't want to have all of that talk, all of that exposition and then have to show, uh, show everything go down. So if it, they they worked out a way where they could do them at the same time, and it just worked perfectly. It was just a, such a well put together um, scene uh, or multiple scenes. And then yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Lady Tyrell going out like that was just so so perfect. Like man, it, I, that was just great. She she is one of the best characters. Was one of the best characters on the show. I mean. Um, she and she's always been a fucking firecracker, you know. That's just, you know. Every, it, I feel like everybody has that at like one relative, whether it's like uh, your grandmother or maybe like a great aunt or something, who's just real quippy and like doesn't give a shit like about being polite and that's it just says whatever the fuck they want to. Um, and that's her in this in the show. And Martin um, just constructed that character so well and. You know the the actress that uh, that the showrunners picked was just such a perfect fucking fit. I mean, she was such a boss. Yeah, and uh, so basically, with all this happening, uh, it actually blends right into the next episode. So that since they have the Terrells' uh, money, uh, the Iron Bank will now back Cersei, uh, and uh, it goes to Winterfell, and we have a scene between Bronn and Littlefinger where Littlefinger's just trying to blow smoke up Bronn's ass and offer him Brand. a dagger. Brand, God, I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna fuck that up because I'm, I don't say Bronn, I say Bronn whenever I refer to the other one too. So Bran <laughs> tells Littlefinger um, at the end of all this, chaos is a ladder, which is actually what Littlefinger said to his father. Uh, it just throws Littlefinger off, and we get Arya finally back at. Winterfell. The guards are stupid. They will not let her in. Well, I don't blame them for, for, for telling her to fuck off, but she tricks both of them easily, and she's in, um, and Sansa obviously finds her at the grave, or at the statue of her father. Um, she comments the fact that doesn't look enough like her dad, and that they're here. They kind of have an interaction. She's extremely um, not... It gets weird between her and Sansa, but not really in this episode. It's, it's she's standoffish, but she still embraces her, and um, yeah, basically later on she gets talked to to uh, 
to Bran and find out that he's also a little bit loopy and off the rocker. And, you know, she's looking at her siblings. Uh, one's an assassin, and the other one's a three-eyed raven, uh, Sansa. And Sansa's like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, what the hell's going on with my family? Uh, but it was great uh, to see her back in Winterfell. How did you like the uh, opening up until Arya returned to Winterfell? Um, yeah, I mean, the, the opening was great. It was, it was good to have that, that payoff with, with, uh, the scene that they had shown earlier between Cersei and the, the dude from the Iron Bank. Um, like I said, they set that up great. And then in season at the end of episode three, you get to see like how the plan, like, like what the plan is and how it came together. And then, you know, you get to see obviously, um, episode four where, you know, the, the plan has come together and, and everything's kind of formulating and it, you know, it's, it's interesting. It, it just like, you're like, I've always kind of thought, um, and I think with good reason, especially from the books, like, um, Cersei is just thinks she's a lot smarter than she is. She thinks she's Tywin, but she's not, but you're like, they're really setting her up to, to, to be as cunning and ruthless as Tywin Lannister. She is her father's daughter. And um, it's just great. It's, it's great how they were able to just kind of build this up and and make her this, this formidable threat that she just wasn't at the beginning of the season um, or at the tail end of last season. Um, and then the the scene with Bran and Littlefinger is, is pretty interesting. It says chaos is a ladder. That's actually something that uh, Littlefinger said to Varys uh, I think in like season oh, three, I believe. Yeah, it was Varys. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was that, that look, the way they shot that scene and like the close-ups that, that jump back and forth. And then the kind of, it, it's almost, I couldn't tell if it was like a little tiny fade out or if it was just, um, uh, oh. uh, the actor, the actor of Littlefinger moving back, but that like look on his face and the close-up of the shot was just so perfect. And, um, like I loved it. It was it was it was really good. Um and then uh, you know, Arya breaking into Winterfell. Um uh I, I was I was a little disappointed to see how stupid the guards were. I mean it made for some decent comic relief, but um but it was funny to to see Arya say to Sandra, like, You need some new guards, dude. Like those guards that did fucking rubbish. Um <laughs> And then, uh, and and as far as them like having their reunion, I uh, I I I liked it. Okay, I didn't love it, but I did like the uh, you know some of the, the the conversation that they had was good. I just wanted a little bit more, I think. Um, but I did really like uh, you know because they kind of awkwardly embrace at first, and then they talk for a little bit, and then Arya kind of gives her like a real embrace, like a real hug. And that that part was the one that I was like, nice, like that's that's fucking awesome. Um, and then you know uh, the reveal that Arya you know has a list. I love the the little scene with Bran and Arya and and you know Sansa being like list what like who's who's on that list? Like am I on that list? I'm not on that <laughs> list, am I? Um, you know, it's, it's uh, I'm a motion for that whole thing. Yeah, and well, and I I liked. I liked the way they were setting it up uh, up until this point. Um, I think they got way too ham-fisted with it in the last couple uh, episodes of the season. But the way that they had subtly set it up 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 until this point, up until through episode four, I thought was was very, very good, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. 
Yeah, I agree with you. And actually, one of the other side scenes that happened was uh, Brienne and uh, Podrick and them talking back and forth, and Podrick being like, you should be happy about this. Like, the three of them are together. You know, they survived. You know, their mother would be proud of you. And it was a, a good point, but I think we have a person joining us uh, that's been on hold. Um, hello, who, who's out there? Is that Joelle? That's Joelle. What's up, Joelle? Uh, I could smell up, you fella? from here, Joel. You could tell, right? It was just that odor. <laughs> that odor that that came through my headphones. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? So how did you feel, Joel, with uh, Arya returning to Winterfell? Were you excited about this, being a Game of Thrones fan? Uh, as a fan, yeah. It was exciting to see her back at Winterfell. Um, it, it, was a long, it was a long wait. You know, they made us wait a while before she finally got back there, and she's not even the same person that she was when she when she left. And so, yeah, it was – there's a lot of things that happened this season in general that you were just waiting, and they had a long build. And uh, this one, I mean, it was probably the – if I had to say of all the finally moments, this is probably the weakest of the finally moments, but still, it still was pretty cool to the ending and how everything played out with them double-crossing Littlefinger and all that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, agree. Because um, the, the, the yeah, and the but the moment like we'll get to it, but the moment where at the end where they had their conversation, that was perfect. Like that was that was the moment that you we were really waiting for, and that was great. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I, exactly. So all right, so we get out of Winterfell, and uh, John uh, is just realizing. Boy, if I'm gonna get her to bang me, all I have to do is bring her to a cave and makes these cave drawings and like you know. No, I'm just kidding. He doesn't do that. But well, he does have well, cave drawings. It, it worked. Like, hey, it worked the last time he took a girl into a cave. <laughs> John Snow, you know nothing. Just don't listen to girls that tell you that because they don't know nothing. You got her in the cave. Uh, God, I'm sound like an idiot right now. John shows Daenerys a bunch of cave drawings showing the White Walkers and their significance. And she starts, actually, I think at this point, really to believe him. Um, right after this, she finds out that their men are stranded on the Red Keep on Castle Rock and says, you know what, screw this. I'm not playing around anymore. I'm going to go save them. And, like, Tyrion's, like, once again, like, you can't go, like, you know, what are you doing? And she's like, no, I'm not, I'm, I need to go there. I'm going to save my men. And that's what she's going to do. After this, we go back to Winterfell for Arya an awesome fight between Arya and Brienne and, uh, you know, goes back and forth. Arya shows how much of a badass that she is, that she actually, I think, pins Brienne Brienne at the end of this whole entire thing. So, um, yeah, uh, how did you feel about uh, all three of these little things, Um, you know, the cave of wonders, if you will, that John was going for? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Danny finding out about her men at the Red Keep and then Arya fighting and beating Brienne. Let's go with you, Joel. You, you, you're new to this whole entire thing, right? Tonight. Yeah, it was all, it was all brand new to me. Um, all, all three were awesome moments. Um, even though I was, I was kind of shocked at the the cave drawing. I didn't expect that. I didn't know that was coming. But cool, you know. Overall, that was pretty cool. It was pretty convenient. <laughs> it's like, how do we know we didn't you didn't chisel that in there at the last minute? Even though that's a pro, that's more than likely not the case because uh, I don't think anybody has that kind of artwork. But those little lost children, whatever they're called, the old old what, old children, what are they called? Children of the forest. Children of the forest, or whatever they're called. Yeah, um, and we got to see them once, like what two seasons ago. So mm-hmm. we know they exist, and and they that it, it kind of helped Danny 
realize what John was talking about, but oh, even then she was still kind of skeptical. Um, but I think of my of those three moments, I think my favorite moment was the fight between Arya and Brienne. That was pretty damn cool to see Arya stand toe to toe with one of the better uh, fighters in Brienne. Brienne is tough, you know. So that was really cool for me. Um, what was the other moment we were talking about? As Danny finds out that her her men are stranded at Casterly Rock. Okay, yeah, that was uh, that was not as impactful for me, but yeah, that that kind of sucked and. Uh, uh, the, uh, Tyrion got a uh, earful for that one, so yeah. So that was like the first time. <laughs> yeah, I, he did. He think that's the first that's time I've seen him got so. Yeah, I mean that was the first time I think I've seen him get scolded. So it was kind of like uncomfortable to watch him get yelled at like that, like bad boy. You know, it was very awkward. <laughs> Rubbing his face in piss. Yeah, uh, I've yeah, done that before. Uh, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> Nick. <laughs> Same thing to you. God damn it! I got to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, I I actually uh, I I really liked the the scene in the cave. I think it was. Um, I actually like the thing is like I wanted a little bit more of that. I wanted a little bit more subtlety with with um, along the way with with John and Daenerys's relationship building because there was just so much of it that we obviously didn't get to see because for them to get from point A to point B uh, of you know, the meeting and, and, and the previous episode and then at the end of the, the season, um, it doesn't quite it doesn't quite feel earned. Um, but that you know, that's just because, you know, they, they were doing a shorter season and they didn't uh, I guess, you know, didn't have time to do all of it and and, you know, we probably would have had to wait until next year to get the season if they had to shoot, you know, three more episodes and all that. So, um so, you know, I mean, it is what it is, but I did like the fact that we did get a little bit of it. Um, and, um, the, I, I liked the subtlety of it. Um, it was, I thought it was pretty good. Um, Danny finding out, um, you know, chewing out Tyrion and, and finding everything out. Um, I think it was good setup. I think it, it definitely like played, uh, played, played out very well. Um, but I, I kind of agree with Joel, man. Like, I, I feel like, like, I just, I, I, I Danny kind of pisses me off the way she like talks to everybody, like like her shit don't stink. You know what I mean? Like she does it to Varys at the beginning, she does it to Tyrion multiple fucking times, and like she even does it to John a little bit when she first meets him. And yep. like it's just like, man, you gotta like calm the fuck down with that shit. You know, like I could see a little Mad Queen in you, like may- maybe not even Mad Queen, but but you you definitely are a little too full of yourself, you know, that's, uh, that's a little concerning. Um, and then Arya fighting, uh, Brienne was my favorite scene in the whole fucking episode. I like, I, the, the, the last scene of the episode is the best scene of the episode, but my personal favorite is Arya fighting Brienne. That shit was so fucking cool. I went back and watched that like five times in a row. Like it was just so perfect. I fucking loved it. Um, like basically, you know, uh, Arya showing just how badass she is and just her quippy, quippy lines. You know, she's like, I don't want to train with anybody else. I want to train with the person who kicked the hounds ass. Thank you very much. (laughs) And then I think it was also really cool. Like, you know, when, when Brienne, you know, it's kind of, is, is, you know, taking it easy on her to get started. And then she kicks her right in the chest and she's like, Oh shit, dude, I just kicked like one of the Stark girls. 
And then Arya just, like, spins and fucking jumps back up. And, like, Brienne's like, holy shit. Like, this little girl ain't fucking around, dude. This is fucking awesome. Um, so, yeah, I just... I just fucking loved that scene, man. It was just so good. It was so awesome. And then for it to, like, end with that little uh, dagger, like, pulling out the little dagger after the sword got knocked away and, like, ends with them both pointing, you know, uh, each each, uh, of their respective weapons at one another and kind of, like, a shared smile. Um, I just loved it. I thought it was great. I thought that was – that part was excellent. The part where Sansa's looking down on it, and and Littlefinger's there, and that that whole added element. That's where I think the Sansa Arya plot started to kind of go awry. Like it didn't yet, but that was like the foundation of it being a little too ham-fisted. Mhm. Yeah, I agree. Are you saying that the Hound has a four-letter word for what uh, Daenerys is being at this point in yeah. the uh, in the in the show? All right, we're not, yeah. not going to go into Perfect. that word, but you guys can figure out that fucking joke. Um, no, I, I said it. All right, so, cool. Right, uh, yeah. Uh, so we are at the last part, actually, one of the coolest parts of the season, I think. Uh, so basically, Jamie's talking to Brom, and uh, they're having a conversation, and they hear something in the distance, and it's like, oh, and it's the, uh, what, what are they called? Uh, God dang it, I don't think of Unsullier. Dothraki going full forces right at them. Every everyone of the Lannister army is like freaked the fuck out because like they're you know they're they're stance where they've never dealt with a an opposing force like this and they go in there and just annihilate everyone immediately. Cut to Daenerys on top of her one of her dragons coming in to wreck shit up. Uh, it was awesome battle at one time. At one point, Brom almost got. No, she. I think he did hit the uh, the dragon in the um, in the wing uh, with the uh, giant crossbow, uh, but wasn't able to kill uh, Drago. He goes down, hits the ground. Daenerys gets off. Jamie almost has a a time period where he's going full force for Daenerys, even though obviously the dragon would see him and roast him instantly, which is all uh, you know narrated by his brother watching the whole entire thing, calling him an idiot. And uh, you know the dragon does do that. Luckily, Brom grabs him and throws him into the lake, uh, and is also one of the greatest swimmers uh, of all time, being able to get him and Jamie all the way across <laughs> the lake underwater. But we won't go into that until we get to the start of the next episode. But anyways, it was Barrett awesome. Barrett isn't the only merman. <laughs> yeah, basically. So it, it was it was an amazing sequence and a great uh, bunch of events. I love seeing the Dothraki just go through the last army like it was like like a knife through butter, like a hot knife through butter. I always wanted to use that phrase. Uh, how did how did you feel about it, Nick? Oh, dude, it was it was bar none like the most impressive action sequence they've had yet. Like, I mean, you could you could maybe argue Battle of the Bastards was like a more a slightly more like emotional sequence because it involved John and and it was you know closer to the end of the season and everything else and we had it built up a little more um, and it was expected. Um, uh, but like just as far as like the, the the tactical work with the CGI and the dragons and everything else was just oh god it was so amazing and we've just been waiting for this um, and I the the reason that I particularly loved it was just because of how stuck in the middle you were watching it like I I vividly remember being like oh my god dude Bron Bron's gonna die I don't want Bron to die wait no. Wait, is he gonna kill Drogon? Well, damn, I'd rather Bronn die than fucking Drogon. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. and and then 
you know, at the end with with, it, with Jamie's charging in and and Tyrion's just like, you fucking idiot! Like, what are you doing? Like, you're being so ridiculously stupid. Um, and uh, I, you know, I I didn't know how that was going to play out. I mean, I knew that um, that. I didn't think that either one of them would die. Um, it, it was still like, it was just crazy. And then of course, Bronn jumps in to save the day, which is a little over elaborate, uh, a little bit of plot armor, if you will, for, for Jamie, but it made for such a great fucking sequence. Like it was just, that, that is just cinematic. Uh, like even if like cinematic gold, much less TV show gold, like it, it's just one of the most, brilliant fucking scenes I have ever had the joy of watching um, in any sort of medium. Uh, Joel, how did you like the scene? Yeah, I think uh, just just the same, honestly, because I was definitely torn where there was that moment between Drogon and, and Brom, and I'm like, I don't want either to die, but at the same time, I don't want either to win. It's like, uh, I didn't know what to do. I was like, because they know <laughs> if you're going to have a dragon versus man, you're going to expect the dragon to win. So I'm like, oh, he's going to get fucked up. But I also expected that crossbow thing to do more, to be more effective, and it did hit him. It didn't work, but it didn't do the job exactly like we expected it to do because they, they they had this like lead up. We saw a couple episodes earlier that they were setting this up, and it can go through the dragon's skull, and that dragon took care of all that shit. It really, it, it barely blinked. I was like, oh well, that was nothing. It just got him in the wing, and it still hurt him. But that was really the that was probably the most intense part because I just didn't know where to where my allegiance was, even though I'm, I'm definitely more, I, I just, it was hard. Cause I didn't want Bron. Bron's awesome. I don't want Bron to die, but also yeah. you, you don't want to kill a dragon. That's why when we lost, um, the, the other, what's that, that dragon that got spiked by the, the, the Zerion. Yeah, that one. Oh, that one, that was hard. That hurt. That hurt. But not I mean, for this episode specifically, that moment between Bron and, and uh, Drogon and Daenerys was like awesome. It's just like, oh, I, didn't, I was just, Torn, torn, and of course, you know, Jamie surviving, and now did he survive? Of course, he was going to survive. But who survived? Who took? Who saved him? Like, and then of course, Tyrion calling him an idiot and dumbass and shit like that, because everyone was thinking the same thing, you know. So basically, that's where my thoughts are. Yeah. By the way, yeah, Joel, uh, is, you, is, you were is like Natalie a... and Brulia with the whole torn thing. <laughs> yeah, I was so torn, so so torn. <laughs> is this everybody's favorite episode of the season? I don't know. I think the next one actually might be my favorite. This one would be right next to it, but this one was pretty fucking awesome, too. I I thought it was until we got the whole Suicide Squad uh, Knights. <laughs> like, that was like... that was. Well, I'm talking about episode years. six. I'm talking about is which one I'm referring to, not five. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I got I got to go with four. I think four was my favorite. It was just... It was, it was the most... Like, there was nothing in it that I didn't like. Um, and we'll get to episode six, which I, I, I like, I'm not nearly as hard on as, as some, uh, some internet posters, um, have been, um, I'm a little more forgiving, but like, I, I do see the, the, the faults, the faults within it, if you will. Um, but yeah, episode four, man, that, that was brilliant. Fucking masterpiece. Well, Nick, would you like to lead us, uh, from episode five onward, sir? Yes, yes, I can do that. Now, I'm doing this by memory, fellas, so um, please excuse me if, if there are any glaring omissions, and if you uh, if you have any that you want to point out, feel free to do so. Um, so, like, episode five opens up with, uh, obviously, with Jamie being saved uh, by Braun, 
Um, I loved it. I thought it was just, it was such a, it was such a, Braun is just such a great character. And like, just like, like no one gets to kill you. No dragon gets to kill you. Only I get to fucking kill you until I get what was promised to me. <laughs> like, just, just awesome. Um, and I, and I can negate the fact that, you know, they ended up like way, way further away than they were. That, that doesn't make any logical sense, but you know, I mean, whatever. Sometimes you just gotta. Sometimes you just gotta forgive. You gotta get over it in the show. Well, yeah, you just got like you. You can either choose to enjoy it, or you can like choose to let it bother you. Um, and I noticed it, and I don't. It's not like I. I um, I uh, don't like see it and and be like, well, that's 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 not not plausible. <laughs> Um, but nevertheless, like it's it's the same thing with with Arya getting you know shanked in the stomach like five times uh, or three times or whatever it was last season, and then you know jumping into an infested canal and you know being totally fine. You know, I mean, it didn't make any sense. Um, but you know, sometimes you just gotta suspend your belief for that. But anyway, guys, what uh, Dane? What did you think about uh, the opening scene and and particularly the the dialogue between? Uh, Ron and Jamie. I loved it because they they both figure out, you know, and Jamie really considers Brahma a very, very good source of information and uh, his opinion is valued of him. They're fucked. They are fucked. They don't have shit that can go against the Dothraki mixed with the Unsullied, mixed with um, you know, now they're they're back, mixed with the dragon. They, they don't have any type of forces that can do shit to be able to protect them from, from that. So it was awesome. I, I really enjoyed it. I love the interaction between the two of them. I was happy to see both of them were, were alive after all that because there were a lot of questions for that week, whether or not one of them survived. Because we didn't even know who, who tackled Jamie um, into the water. It could have been, um, uh, what's it called, Sam's brother. A lot of people, you know, thought saved Jamie because yeah. then that could have meant that from <laughs> – Whatever, whatever. You, know, you, can't, the, the, you, the can't, you can't forget that name, dude. Stick on. Stick on. Okay. That's right. That's Dick right. Stick on. Well, yeah, we didn't know that. We didn't know if Brahma already got roasted uh, beforehand. So it was great to see them both there. And uh, I liked it. I, I liked the interaction and the realization that they were fucked. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Joel, what did you think? Same. Uh, I mean, uh, that, that was one of the coolest moments. Not coolest, but like it was really fun to see them. Like, like Jamie lost all hope <laughs> like, when he came back out of the water and Bron saved him. And you could see he knew they were fucked because they got manhandled completely and utterly manhandled. And of course, uh, the interactions between Bron and him are always fun. They're, they're they're really close. They're a lot closer, I think, than they like to lead to let on. And um, there's definitely a, a mutual respect there. And Bron's always a, a fun to have around. But um, yeah, it, they they totally got manhandled, and it was just it like the lead up to the next scene, of course, with Cersei and them, or Jamie's next scene with Cersei. It's just it was it's just fun seeing the expression on his face after he's you know <laughs> survived. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so then we you know we move on to um to uh basically uh Danny is 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 standing there with Drogon who is. You know, like uh, Joel alluded to, no worse for the wear after taking a spear, like, like in the chest, basically. Um, uh, but yeah, so they're just chilling there, and uh, basically, Danny kind of throws down her wrath, and um, 
I think it's interesting too. Um, I feel like you have two leaders uh, in this in this season, both John and Danny, who make a lot of decisions on whims and don't necessarily like like John made several decisions without uh, without Sansa's counsel, and then wanted to bitch when she had her own opinion about it later. And then Danny does the same thing to Tyrion, and then wants to bitch when he says, "Why didn't you ask me this before?" Like you, you kind of like. Of course, I'm going to say something. I don't think it's a good idea, and you didn't ask my opinion before we were in front of everybody. Um, so, uh, thoughts on that, and then also just the scene in general. Um, obviously, uh, you know, uh, everybody kneels except for the Tarleys, and they get roasted the fuck alive. Uh, Dane, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I, I think it showed a side of Daenerys that that Tyrion really has. A, a good reason to worry, basically. Um, you know, she's she's merciful, I guess, to an extent, because she let all the other men survive, but she could have given them longer. She shouldn't have just executed as in, like, she she basically made a show of it. Uh, she, and she, like, you know, not knowing that Sam exists, like, Tyrion was right about, like, you could be, you could be ending a bloodline right now, like, that's that's not something that you want on your head, but she was going by what she wanted to do in the moment, and that's something that we have to worry about, Daenerys. I mean, you know, later on when we, we talk about it, when if once she finds out Jon Snow's information uh, of like who he really is, like what's going to happen from all that? Just because she's she has tendencies because of her family to be fucking crazy, basically. So we have no idea if that's going to play out or not. But um, I thought it was really established well, and I liked it. I liked it. Indeed. Joel, what are your thoughts, man? Uh, she was reckless uh, a couple times this season, Daenerys. Um, she definitely had moments where she's, I'm just going to do what I think is right and don't give a fuck what you think, basically what happened to at least two or three times <laughs> uh, with counseling with Tyrion. Uh, and, and I get worked out in her favor, though. She made those decisions. She was right about those decisions, and it played out to her favor. And, and you know, and, it, and that's why point, it kind anyway. of... <laughs> Right, up to this point at least, and um, and that's why I think she did it. And like, I'm making it work, whereas your ideas haven't worked so far. And that's right. kind of where I understand where she's coming from. But it is like you do, the reason you have a council is for those specific reasons. Um, but I mean, that's more that has just happened more than once with her, and especially when the way she went after uh, John and them. I mean, uh, she she went after them and saved them and shit, and like under different type of guidance from Tyrion where he said, I wouldn't tell you to do it, but you should do it anyway. I mean, he didn't say that, but basically that's what she did. She's like, I'm just going to go and do what I got to do. And I don't, you got to respect the girl for doing what she has to do. Um, what was the other thing that we were talking about? Uh, just how, how John and Danny both seem to make uh, decisions without, without their counsel. And then how, you know, she burned the Tarleys. That's pretty much right. It. The Tarleys, the Tarleys. Yeah. But I mean, I get the point with uh, John. Uh, I mean, John and Santa have a, a respect, but of course, you know, how, how many times did Santa complain that, that he made a decision without asking her? I like the idea of when they got the notice that he's like, he's going to bend the knee to the queen or the new mm-hmm. queen, his queen now. And she got upset about that. And of course, little finger prying his little like, yeah, that's kind of disrespectful kind of bullshit. But whatever. I mean, that happened. They both did their thing. And, and they, I mean, they made the right decisions regardless of the council they did or did not take. But of course, yeah, the Tarleys. For the most part. You still have, right, for the most part. And then you have the Tarleys where um, kind of felt bad for them. And honestly, I was, 
when I was watching it, I didn't realize they were the Tarleys. I thought they were Tullys. So, like, when I found out they were Tarleys, those are Sam's, like, father and brother. I was like, oh, shit, those are his kids. Those are his family. And I realized that later on that that was them. I was like, oh, shit, that's kind of fucked up. And I didn't realize at the time I'd probably feel a little bit more hurt when they got fried. And I'm like, yo, you bend the knee, bro. You got to do what you got to do. I understand you're loyal, but Cersei's a bitch. You got to do what you got to do. But, you know, they did their loyal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, I I kind of agree with you. Um, And uh, I I will say that I did – I didn't really feel bad for uh, for um, Lord Tarly just because he they set him up to be such a dick to Sam, uh, you know, uh, right. previous season and even by just by word of mouth um, as far as you know back in in the first season when you know Sam right. explained how he got to the wall. Um, but you know you do kind of feel bad for Dickon. I mean the poor guy's name is Dickon. Isn't that bad enough? And now you he's got to be roasted alive too. Like come on now. Um, <laughs> But yeah, but I mean, you gotta you gotta kind of admire his uh, his his pride and his um, his uh, his unwillingness to um, to turn his back on his father and like uh, that th- th- there is a certain amount of admiration in that decision, even if it was the wrong decision. Whatever you know that right through his head, right before he's about to get burned, he was like, "Wait, why the fuck am I doing this?" <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Um, so let's uh, let's just kind of jump around. We'll move on to the north. We'll we'll tackle that next. So um, so basically, uh, you know, uh, Arya is is has kind of picked up on the fact that Littlefinger is kind of a, a manipulator, and she doesn't know anything about him yet, really. But she kind of sees the writing on the wall and. He lays a pretty brilliant trap, and I was very excited that Littlefinger was finally back to doing Littlefinger stuff. Um, he gets them to hide the uh, the letter um, in uh, in his room, or he gets the letter brought to him that uh, Sansa was forced to write back in uh, season one, uh, basically telling Rob uh, to come down to King, King's Landing and, and bend the knee um, to Joffrey. Um, and basically uh, setting up, uh, you know, Arya to um, not trust Sansa. Um, what did y'all think about that scene? Uh, we'll start with you, Dan. I thought it was awesome, man. Um, it was, it was really cool. Like, like you said, to see Littlefinger playing Littlefinger. Um, God, he's another actor I think could play Mister Sinister really well. Just because, I mean, that's that's his mm. thing throughout the whole entire show is just being the sinister evil <laughs> manipulator. Um, his little, his little, um, Sansa, ah, such a creep. Anyway, uh, and I still, and I still like them. That's the most fucked up thing about Littlefinger is that most people that watch Game of Thrones still like his character to some extent because of how, you know, I mean, for the longest time it was a game between him and Varys, you know, pushing and, and prodding people in one direction or the other. So, uh, I don't know. I like, like you said, seeing him plot stuff out and, uh, you know, not knowing at the time what it was going to come down to about, like, what she found out, and that that's slowly getting unraveled, and, uh, you know, just seeing Littlefinger doing his thing throughout, throughout the time of Winterfell. So, yeah, it was great. Let's say it was great yeah. for everything. Yeah, it was just nice to see him actually have something to do again, you know, because it's been a while, because um, he's kind of just been, you know, controlling the veil, and you know, that, that gave him something to do, but it didn't give him something to do that was, like, 
what what we love him for, and that's his manipulation. Um, but uh, but yeah, Joel, what did you think about that? Um, we kind he kind of took a step back a little bit last year, I guess, not as sneaky. He kind of helped out, and he was kind of a big reason why they won the, the War of the Bastards. I mean, he was the main reason they won uh, that War of the Bastards uh, thing. So, Santa had a big point. I mean, a great point when she brought that up. And um, but obviously, it's all he did it just. It, he did it to help, but he also did it for his own reasons. And like it, it came to play out this season in the castle with like him taking. Like, basically, she took his counsel a lot more. At least it seemed that way, that she was taking his counsel a lot more, and he kept pushing, trying to – you could obviously see he played the game of distancing her and, and Arya. And, of course, the whole thing with the letter and hiding the letter, and uh, he really noticed Arya was following him. So he was trying to out-snake, a, you know, this new ninja spy, <laughs> Arya. So I do like how it just played out in the, in the long run, but, you know, Littlefinger's a dick, and he kind of got what he had coming to him, so – yeah, yeah. I just yeah. It was it was. I think the setup for it was good, uh, the, and the payoff was good. It's the in between parts that uh, that I I kind of had a, a little bit of a problem with, um, and uh, I will I would point out that um, that that letter was actually supposed to be a copy because um, they mentioned that the maester made copies of all the letters. And then when wow. Arya shows it to Sansa later on, she says, well, that is your pretty handwriting. Um, so that is uh, wow. an obvious plot hole. Um, but, well, you know, we'll, 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 we, won't, we won't dwell on that, guys. We won't dwell on um, One over my but, head, uh, so. Yeah, it was. I, I I can't take credit for it. I didn't catch it. One of the one of the uh, uh, guys that uh, do the reviews caught it and pointed it out, and I was like, oh yeah, that's a good point. Um, but anyway, so uh, let's uh, jump over to um, back to Dragonstone, um, and basically, you know, they're they're kind of formulating a plan of you know kind of what to do, and um, so Tyrion basically wants to try to set up a meeting with his sister. And so uh, he and Davos go over to uh, basically to King's Landing to try and get uh, uh, or to try and get a meeting between uh, 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 Tyrion and Jaime so he can convince Cersei to meet. And all the meanwhile, Davos goes to Flea Bottom and we get Gendry back. Yay! Is fucking great. Um, so, uh, so what did you guys think about uh, about uh, those those couple different scenes that kind of overlapped with one another? And uh, and also, what uh, what did you think about the uh, the scene on the um, you know on the on the shore at the end with the two guards um, uh, and you know them trying to uh, to manipulate them and that not working out? So. Uh, Gendry just, you know, beats the shit out of him with his fucking awesome hammer. <laughs> uh, Dan, well, you can go first. Well, I, I, I love having Gendry back. Uh, I, I just love loose ends being wrapped up, and I loved also the concept that they kind of bring forth later on with the fact that we're going to see Ned Stark's, well, not really a son, but the son of Ned Stark, honestly, uh, with Jon Snow and him in battle, just like Robert and Ned were back in the day. So mm-hmm. that, that had a lot of significance to it. Um, yeah, it was it was just fun, and I love Davos. I love I, I I love the actor that plays Davos is so great, and every it, it's comedic, but a lot of stuff is brutal too. What happens to him, like when they have to take out those two guards, but very smart by Tyrion. 
when I was watching this, going back on it, it just was realizing that, holy shit, now we're going to have an interaction with everybody. Like, I thought, going into this, like, I thought it was going to be, all right, we're going to get rid of Cersei and that force this season, and next season was going to be the, the Great War, you know, with Cersei, you know, done. I didn't think they were going to try to include her uh, and her forces to try to go against the, uh, the Night King, uh, but... You know that obviously plays out later on this episode and going forward. But uh, yeah, it was it was awesome and it was uh, fun leading up to the uh, conversation between Tyrion and uh, and Jamie. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, Joel. Um, yeah, I think the highlight for me was Gendry. Like, I didn't know if we'd ever see him again. <laughs> like, I, I wasn't sure they just ignore the fact that he exists. And I'm like, man, it, doesn't he have a claim to the throne too? Technically, because he's he's really Robert's son, unlike the other three who were. Not his children. That not that anybody knows that except Ned, but um, and of course the the twins. But um, yeah, I was really happy to see them. Them and I like. I mean him. I'm sorry, Gendry. Like he he look. He's gotten older. He's ready to fight. He's got a war hammer. I like different than everybody with swords. You know that just that makes him stand out. And we have another uh, Baratheon. We finally have a, another family in the mix that we haven't seen in a while. So yeah, I was excited and, and the whole thing with the. Uh, with uh, Davos and him and, and Tyrion at the end with the two guards where he beat the shit out of them with the hammer after that they didn't go away and they, they noted, uh, they recognized Tyrion um, was awesome just to watch. Like, Oh wow. He really pounded them in. So yeah, that was fun. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And I love the meta joke too, where he says, I thought you might still be rolling. <laughs> like that was just, cause of all the memes. <laughs> that, that was, was awesome. just, that was very clever, very clever. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's try to um, wrap this up. Um, just because we only got about thirty minutes left, so I'm gonna kind of speed through uh, the rest of these points. Um, but basically, uh, you know, they go back. There's a cool little meeting between Gendry and John. They formulate the plan to go get the the White Walker and bring it back down. And then we get to see the awesome, awesome, super kind of awkward reunion at Eastwatch uh, with the Hound. Beric Gondarian, the the rest, uh, and Thoros, and then the, the other group, we form our Westerosi Seven. Uh, what did y'all think of that scene in the dungeon? And um, and you know, what did you think uh, of of just that that team in general? Uh, Dane. Well, well, I, I I I just I think the team. This episode had the feel of Lord of the Rings to me. Uh, just just the the. the the group building together for this one journey that they're going to do. And they have to get a guy from each thing. Like they didn't go out and try to find a certain person for each task, but that's what they ended up having. They had the hound, you know, they had the two guys with fire swords. They had, of course, Robert Baratheon's son. They had Ned Stark's son. They had a force to be reckoned with and a lot of comedic value with Tormund and, and the hound. And dude, it was awesome. Um, I, I love the whole entire them them joining forces and uh, the banter that goes in the next episode between all of them was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Joel. Uh, yeah, I loved it. Uh, I really did. Uh, when it happened, I was like, wow, they're all together. I don't even know. I didn't, I got, it was just really fun to see. And the whole thing with the dungeon and they all, like they all kind of knew, not all of them, but most of them, they knew each other and all connected in some weird way. They all crossed paths and they're going to go out there and, risk their lives for something they don't know they can come back from, most of them at least. Are they out? They went out there knowing that they probably won't come back, and we can get into that the the, the reality of that afterwards, but 
they all went out there like ready to sacrifice themselves for what John believed in basically. And they, they did it. They went out there and I love this group. I really did. And I'm, I was kind of happy to the fact that, you know, they didn't lose too many of that group, but I mean, it was a really fun group to see together. Like, I, it, like, I can't tell you how funny um, Tormund is. And just, I need more Tormund in Game of Thrones. You know more Tormund and more Hound. Like, I'm more all about hounds. that, man. Both of them. Can we get a sitcom? Yeah. Can we have it like the odd couple, like take place back in their time, <laughs> and the two of them just live together? Uh, oh, that would be that would be terrific. Um, but yeah, uh, so it closes off with the with the uh, awesome thing after I, I do have to mention after you know there's some squabbling going on, and then of course the hound is like. Are we going to fucking go out there and fight or what? Like, I don't want to sit in this fucking cell. Um, just, you know, after all of their, their little petty kind of squabbles. Um, so they all wander out uh, in into the unknown. Um, and then, of course, that translates uh, right over into the next episode. Uh, I just want to talk briefly about uh, their, their kind of mini travel um, beyond the wall. The, that was so great. The, the scene between... Um, uh, Tormund and the Hound was just so funny and so like the banter was great. Uh, the Hound, uh, you know, talking, uh, overhearing uh, uh, Gendry um, whinging about you know uh, having to <laughs> having to deal with the priestess. And he says, he says she took my clothes off, blah blah blah. And he's like, well, sounds like pretty good so far. Like the hound is just so fucking <laughs> awful. Um, but uh, but yeah. So what did y'all think of just about all the characters getting able to like talk to each other and everything else, of, uh, you know, along their journey? Dave. Well, I think that um, the like I said beforehand, the stuff between Tormund and uh, and the hound was just gold. Uh, just. You know, that whole entire, the dick thing, the dick, cock. I like dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would. Yeah, that type of shit was just, was hysterical. Like, even when Gendry was, like, talking to the uh, the, the fire, I, I, I always forget their name, but the, the fire. Uh, yeah, and, and, and you know, bitching what? about that. And they'd be like, you, you sold me. Are you kidding me? Like, no, I'm not over it. It was just great. And, like, also talking to Tormund, like, in, uh, and uh, Judd Snow about uh, Gendry being, like, I'm so cold, and, and, like, what do you do around here? He goes, we uh, fuck, and sometimes men on around, or, like, just to freak him out. Like, Tormund's great, man. All the lines, all the comedic value in this opening stuff was hilarious. And it was all them basically just bitching because it was cold out. And, I mean, that that was it. it was, I mean, it could happen in any type of movie. It could be. It was like grumpy old men, but not really. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was walking's good, fighting's better, fucking's best. Like, it's just yeah. so fucking awesome. Uh, Joel, what did you think about all the little interactions? It was the best. That was that was probably one of my favorite episodes, mainly because of the interactions between the group. And, uh, like, my like one of my favorite scenes between Tormund and the Hound and how he knows Brienne, and he was like, oh, you do know her. <laughs> like, I, like, loved, like, that, that yeah. moment between the two of them. I, I loved when they fought together. They fought well together. They had the like really good chemistry for guys that you know don't hang out together very often, um, and it, it was just really fun. I think that's what it really was. It was just a fun episode to see them all together. It was just really fun, and I mean, I know a lot of people had some issues with it, mainly because the most of them survived. <laughs> like, not a lot of people died from that group. I think what well, one of them died, right? I think it was uh, Thoros. Yeah, and then there was the there was like the three other guys who were nameless. Red shirts. Yeah. 
The red shirts. Yeah, the red shirts. Yeah. <laughs> the red shirts. Yeah. Basically, I didn't even know they were with the group until that episode. I saw the guys, all oh, the hoodie guys. Oh, they're gonna die. They're gonna die. That's <laughs> yeah. Exactly what that's why they were there. <laughs> that's exactly why they were there. I'm like, oh, they were just there to die. But I was. I know a lot of people were upset that a lot of them survived. I was very happy. And I, don't get me wrong. When like Torn was on the ground and I thought it looked like he was gonna die, I was gonna. I was gonna cry if that happened. So. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> I was in the hound. There was a lot of moments where I was like, oh man, don't die, don't die, don't die. And you know they survived, and I was a happy little bitch. So and of course the dragon died. That was sad. That was really sad. But aside from that, I mean it was a good. I loved that episode mainly for the interactions. Yeah, awesome. absolutely. And so, uh, so. Yeah, so basically, uh, we get a little bit down in Winterfell, but the, the you know, with Sansa and that whole thing. But we, you know, we'll we'll wrap that up with uh, the season finale. Um, so yeah, so basically, they get caught in an impossible situation. Um, Gendry becomes Marathon Man, um, and uh, you know, basically, basically, long story short, they get a raven to Danny. Danny comes up there just in the nick of time and saves the day. Um, I had a few issues with that part. I thought it would have been really nice uh, to just to give Bran something else to do and to show that he's occupied with other things, which is why he's not necessarily helping out with Sansa and Arya at that very moment yet. To have him get a vision of Jon and all of them dying and then have him be the one to send the raven down to Daenerys, and they could have they could have condensed that and made that flow a lot better, in my opinion, and make it just a lot more believable. Um, but nevertheless, uh, you know, we got what we got. And as far as an action sequence and everything else, I thought it was really good. Dane, what did you think? Um, I think it was awesome. Um, I think that it was a lot of fun. I, I love that the Hound caused uh, most of the uh, chaos because he was being a dick and just getting pissed off about that <laughs> one skeleton that wouldn't fall apart. So he threw rocks at it. And oh fuck, god dang it! Now they realize that that's actually not not as bad. So they start getting you know blindsided by all these. It was awesome. It was it was one of the best ones they've done. Uh, when it comes to the uh, Night King and uh, the White Walkers, it, it wasn't as scary as the episode where uh, they they escaped by the boats. I figure out what episode that was. And they were all there on that island. Like that was yeah, fucking yeah. creepy shit. Uh, but it was yeah. a pretty damn good sequence. Seeing the dragon go down was absolutely nuts. I kind of saw it coming, but the fact that he's an amazing spear thrower all of a sudden and has, like, these magical spears, and the fact that they dubbed the, the dragon out and now they have their own ice dragon, fucking crazy. It was a great, it was a great setup for the next episode, and I, the last two episodes, I watched them simultaneously uh, leading up to it, and it was so amazing watching that transition because they were just two of the best. Uh, you know, I liked it. It was great. Word. Joel, what did you think? Like, I mean, yeah, and and, and again, Dan, yeah, the, the dragon, man, that was fucking crazy. The dragon going down. Um, and then also uh, Uncle Benjen, uh comes in and dies kind of. Greatest plot I, device I think, ever. <laughs> yeah, I think they could have set that up a little bit better. But regardless, uh, it, it was it was, uh, it was was good to see Uncle Benjen fulfill the purpose of saving uh, both his, his nephew and, uh, <laughs> well, both of his nephews, I guess. Uh, Bran last season and now John this season. Uh, Joel, what did you think about the climax of the episode and like kind of everything that went down? Yeah, I think I liked them more than most because of the fact that a lot of a lot of them didn't just die, and I, there's a lot of them I didn't want to see die. Uh, yeah, the whole dragon going down thing hurt me like no other. And I think that you know a lot of people were like saw the dragon die and were like, oh my god, they got a dragon now. And the first thing that came to mind, I'm like, oh, we lost the dragon. 
I was, yeah. I was thinking on the other side of it. So that's kind of where my head was at. But, yeah, I thought it was a great episode. I mean, the climax was fine for me. You know, it, it ended well. I mean, it was a lot of conveniences, though. Like, the whole thing. Like, the fact that he got to the wall so quickly, and then the Raven got to Daenerys that quickly, and then she got to them. Like, if you put it all together, it probably wouldn't, like, work out in, like, within a day's span. But that's kind of how it felt. But, like, whatever. I let it, you know, it didn't really bother me that much. So, overall, I think the climax fine, honestly. Yeah, I think I think it would have maybe been set up a little better had they, like, run up a mountain and had, had them blocked off on, like, a pass that, you know, right. that the walkers couldn't, like, couldn't get to or something. And, right. you know, something like that may have been a little better set up. But, you know, it is what it is. I mean, it's 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 totally defies logic. But as far as just cinema, it, it, it was great. And the characters were great. And I'm with you, man. When Tormund looked like he was going to get it, I was like, no, dude, no. <laughs> yeah, and we're so up. happy that the hound saved his ass, man. That shit was fucking crazy. They um, have a sitcom coming out. Did you watch that video? Yeah. Did, did you guys get a chance to watch the video of the hound playing the guitar yeah. and Tormund? Yeah, guitar. Uh, the actor? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. I want, I want a sitcom. I do. I really want one. Sorry. Keep it going. Yeah, it would be fucking great. Um, so uh, let's move on to the finale. Um, so basically, um, you know, we get the, the huge meeting that's been uh, set up earlier in, in this uh, in this episode before, um, and we get all the parties kind of coming together and meeting um, I fucking, again, I just love the hound so much. Like he's just so great. Um, I loved his interaction with Brienne. Um, basically, uh, you know, her saying, you know, the only one he's going to need protecting is the one who tries to cross Arya. Um, and the hound just kind of smiles and says, well, it won't be me. Like that was fucking perfect. And, and even like just the, the little things, like where the guy is like the Lannister guy is like, what's in the crate? And he's like, fuck off. Like, just awesome. And then, Get you know, the his scene with, yeah, his scene with the mountain was great. Like, you know, um, and then of course, like a bunch of other great scenes in there. Um, just, but, uh, briefly, like what, uh, what did you like about, uh, everybody coming together there, Dane? Oh, it was awesome, man. I mean, you know, just the travel of, of, of these people specifically in King's Landing, and the interactions with, with people like you were talking about the hound with Brown and uh, I'll bring up the hound with his brother, you know, just calling him out and like, you know, saying like realizing like, what the hell did they do to you? You're like, are you even even there? Like, you know, and that whole thing, then him leaving uh, to go get obviously the uh, body or the white walker or whatever, the undead that they have. And just seeing the, the first interactions with Cersei and Daenerys, I mean, it was it was amazing. I, I really enjoyed it. I love all those actors, and I love the show. So, of course, this was like, I was like, yeah, the whole entire time, you know. Yeah, and Euron just being a total douchebag, too, um, was, was pretty great. Uh, Joel, what did you think about the uh, the scene of all of them coming together? It was great. It was like, finally. That was one of those moments where you're like, well, finally, they finally – they finally come together. Like we've been waiting years to see some of these characters interact and some of these characters get back together after being away from each other for so long. It was just, it was fun. Like we got to see uh, Bron and Tyrion and um, Podrick back together again after the old early days. That was fun. Brienne and the Hound saw each other again after so long. Um, we got to see John and and Daenerys meet Cersei. Uh, and it was just there was just so many different things like everybody everybody that's supposed to be there was there and it was it was one of those moments where like 
we needed it and we got it and I loved it. It was great. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, okay, so we uh, we get a private meeting with Tyrion and Cersei. Um, I, I really have two questions about this meeting. Uh, one, do you think Tyrion promised her anything to convince her to come back um, that we didn't see that was off screen? And two, do you even really think that Cersei's pregnant, or do you think that this is all just a ruse? Um, Dane, we'll start with you. I think it's all just a ruse. Um, I, I really do. I don't think she's pregnant at all. Um, I think she's bullshitting Jamie, and she was just playing into it to even get Tyrion or Tyrion uh, uh, to you know believe that whole thing. Because I mean, she was rubbing her stomach, and all of a sudden that he puts two and two together. But I think it's all just a bunch of bullshit. Do I think mm-hmm. that Tyrion uh, offered her stuff that we don't know about? Um, I, I'm going to say no just because of what Cersei ends up doing, which is, you know, what she wants. So I'm, I don't think so. Gotcha. Um, Joel, your thoughts? I didn't think that he offered anything extra in that deal, but it's possible they maybe had some other back talk that we didn't get to see, only because of what happens later with him staring at the door creepily mm. uh, at night. You know, that right. was the only reason I, w- I would ever – because I didn't uh, think so he left. You know, that's the only reason I would think otherwise. Um, but what was the other point? Um, uh, do you think she's faking her pregnancy or do you think she's really pregnant? I did. I still do. I still do. I'm not going to say it. No, I do. Uh, I'm probably less likely now, but I still, I'm still leaning towards she's been faking it because I really believe that obviously Jamie's going to be the one to kill her. I don't think he'll kill her with a baby in her stomach. So I think she's full of shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 No, I feel you. Um, okay, so uh, we got maybe kind of two more big points for this last episode. Uh, so, you know, I don't. I, again, I've kind of alluded to this. I don't think the setup was necessarily the best, but the way Littlefinger finally got it, it was so nice to see Littlefinger finally get what he had coming, um, and just to see him groveling and begging and Arya just to slit his fucking throat. That was terrific. Um, Dane, what did you think about uh, Littlefinger's fate? Well, you forgot crying, because that bitch was also crying, begging for his life. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. It was it was awesome. It was so vindicating. It was such a great ending for a character that was a piece of shit, and was so good at being a piece of shit, in wrestling terms, we call these guys heels, that he was over. So, I I, I, I loved it. I just, uh, I, I thought he was, I thought he was great, and I thought it was a great way to go out. Indeed, Joel. Uh, same. Uh, I, I, uh, he, he, like I think his face, his reaction to like when she said his name was priceless, and it's gonna be a meme for like ever now. Um, mm-hmm. Like the blinky eyes, she's like me. But what did I do? I thought we were. You know? <laughs> I'm a little then, confused. Of, he's like, what? But then yeah, he got him. Right, uh, started. Well, guys, we actually have a caller, so I'm gonna take their call. They'll ask a question. We'll finish up this part. Um, go ahead. Hey, you're on with Geek Vibes Live talking some Game of Thrones. Who do I got talking? All right. Well, never mind. Uh, Don't worry about that. Yeah, fuck that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so so anyway, uh, we got uh, – we, we had that. I think it, I think it was pretty uh, – 
it was just it was just satisfying to finally see Littlefinger get it in the end. Um, and then uh, you know we kind of end with Danny and John uh, getting it on boat sex incest. Um, it doesn't. I, I'm gonna be honest. It really doesn't freak me out. I've just become numb to the whole incest thing uh, in the show, so it doesn't really bother me. And really, like a show where you watch like people That's like you take pleasure in watching people get like gutted and murdered and shit. If you got a problem with the incest but not the murder, like, eh, I don't know. Um, but uh, but what do we think about John and Danny? And most importantly, what do you think John is gonna think or say when he finds out the truth? Um, do you think he will stay with Danny? Do you think that that will freak him out? Do you think whether she's pregnant or not may influence that decision? Uh, Dane. <laughs> well, I, I think there is a, I think there's a bun in that, uh, oven, if you will. And, uh, mm-hmm. dude, that scene, did I think it was weird? No. Did my lotion bottle and how much I used from that think it was weird? Probably. <laughs> if, it, if it had a brain to itself. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, no, it was it was it was nice, like little Game of Thrones fantasy uh, played out, if you will, uh, to see these two characters hook up. And I don't think John's going to be weirded out by the fact that they're closely related as much as the fact that, like, uh oh, what's she going to do when she finds this out? Like, what am I going to do? Like, I think there's a lot of stuff, including the fact that they're related, uh, that go into that whole entire thing. What I'm more worried is, like I said beforehand, finding out or what's she going to be like when she finds out about all that. She's definitely not, I don't think, going to care the fact that they're related compared to the fact that, like, he's rightfully heir to the throne. So, we'll have to find it out, but, uh, yeah, it was sexy, hot, and kind of weird. My favorite afternoon. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. Joel. It was disgustingly satisfying. I loved it. Um, <laughs> nice. That's it a good way to characterize it. Disgustingly I've been wanting these two to hook up for a while, so... Like, it sucks that they're related, but at the same time, like, finally they got together, they're hooking up. I didn't even think about that, her being pregnant, so that's a whole new idea to me. So that would definitely change things once he finds out, and she finds out. Obviously, it's, I think it's going to hit her more than him. because and She's going to give birth to a mutant? Yeah, oh, I, don't, I doubt it. That's going to be a mutant. But I think... Him specifically, I think he thinks himself more of a Stark. Regardless of what he finds out, he's always going to think himself as a Stark. Think about what he talked about with with Theon in that room. Yeah. Like you're a Stark and a Greyjoy. That he's like I'm a Stark no matter what. That's basically how I think he he sees himself. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it'll be interesting because, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, the Targaryens have a history of of inner. Um, of, of incest and, and, you know, keeping things within the family, so to speak. Um, sure. But, uh, it's very, very frowned upon in the North. And so John would have grown up not thinking that was cool at all. Um, but you're also faced with, you know, John obviously gave the speech long ago to Sam about how he was always afraid to have sex because he didn't want to have a child that didn't have a father and was a bastard and all of that. So I think whether or not she's pregnant, and I agree with you, Dane, I think she is, is going to be a big, like, uh, inner struggle for John, like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, And it may not ultimately matter because he may die or Daenerys may die or, you know, whatever. Um, But nevertheless, I think that's going to be a major thing for John and – yeah, I could see Daenerys not liking the fact that he uh, is the rightful heir, but I also think that Jon would just tell her, I don't want it, <laughs> you know, so, right. Um, right. so yeah, but it'll be interesting, man, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, 
we've only got about five minutes left, but I do want to get this theory in. Um, I just want to give a, give a quick theory that I have for next season. I had several, but I have one in particular that I want to get out there uh, just in case I'm right. So Jamie is on his way to Winterfell now because uh, Cersei reneged on her word and isn't going to send the troops. I theorize that when Jamie gets there and tells them that she's not sending the troops, Arya and the Hound go down to King's Landing. Uh, we get Clegane Bowl. And while we get Clegane Bowl, uh, Arya dresses up as, as Peter Baelish, as Littlefinger, wears his face, goes in and kills Cersei while that's happening, takes Cersei's face, puts her face on, and then commands the army to go north. Um, Dane, what do you wow. think about that theory? Um, it's pretty creative, if nothing else, right? Definitely. Um, I, I told you, I really like it. The only thing that... That makes me not like it because I also like the concept that Jamie inevitably has to kill Cersei. But I love either either way. That would be such a great way to wrap up stuff, and, and it would make a lot of sense to put the whole faceless man, like the reason why that had to happen, even though she's done it beforehand. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that would mm-hmm. be a really smart way. I just want next season to be good. I want them to wrap it up well. I want it to be like Breaking Bad in that type of sense. That's the only thing I'm scared of is is fucking up at the ending. And uh, that's the hardest part for a TV show. I love it. I can wait. Great job, Game of Thrones, with this last season, though. It was great, and I can't wait for next season. Indeed. Indeed. Joel, just your quick thoughts on that theory. And uh, if you want to throw out any sort of quick theory, we got about two minutes. All right. Yeah, no, I agree with Dane. Uh, I, I like it a lot. I just really – my only problem is I do want Jamie to be the one to kill her. So that, and that has to happen in my opinion. I want to see it happen. He, he's earned it at this point, and she definitely deserves it. <laughs> so that's, I got Yeah, I definitely think it's going to – I definitely think it's going to happen in the books because they, but they, they made a point not to include the Valonqar speech in uh, the Maggie the Frog flashback scene with Cersei for the show. So I think that might deviate. I think in the books it'll definitely be Jamie. I think in the show, um, you know, we could see it be somebody else. And I just think it would be a really, really cool, interesting uh, subplot mission that Arya could do, and we get Clegane Bowl out of it. Um, but anyway, Dane, uh, I want to throw it back to you so you can wrap it up for us, man. All right, thanks. I feel like the weatherman now. Um, actually, no, uh, really, guys, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, we had a great time talking about some Game of Thrones. Um, I know that we had one question from one person, and I got two minutes, 20 seconds, so I'm going to try to get this out real quick. Uh, they they asked uh, if, we'll, if, if, if John will find out the truth about his heritage early in the season or late in the season. I think it will be early, and do you think that John will end up on the throne? Um, inevitably, no. Actually, I think that John's going to eat it. Um, I think it's, it's going to happen next season. I'm sorry. That's that's how I made now with this TV show is that I expect the worst. Uh, and this season didn't actually happen like that, but great. Uh, let me get a, a quick goodbye from my uh, co-host, uh, Nick. Uh, have a wonderful night, buddy, and uh, just send off everyone and, and wonderful Geek Vibe Nation. Yes, thank you, Geek Vibes Nation, for joining us. It was uh, it was very fun to talk about Thrones, and I agree with you, Dane. Jon Snow will die. And, uh, Joel, do you think Tom Snow's going to bite the bullet, if you will, and say goodbye to the great people out here listening? I don't. I think he's going to survive. I don't think he's going to take the throne, but I think he's going to survive. Interesting. All right, we'll have to find out next year, guys. And uh, uh, we might be in the works of uh, working on, since the last season, trying to get a weekly Game of Thrones show out for each episode for the last season. But that's not until 2019, so we get some time to talk about yeah, that. You guys have a great night, and uh, we got a little song for you. 
I wish you good fortune in the wars to come. Word. Exactly. We want to from the beginning. Boobies, 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 lots of boobies, show with boobies on the show with Game of Thrones. Got great boobies. Game of Thrones. All right, I'm out of here, guys. You guys have a great night. Game of Thrones. Peace. Hey, Valhalla Magulis. <laughs> what? BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.